Hello, and welcome to the Good Neighbors Committee Conversations with Community podcast. This week is an action podcast where we deliver information from our community about the previous topic. This week it's with Sasha Strigler talking about the language of LGBTQ. Thanks for listening. I'm here this afternoon with Sasha Strigler Iannone, a member of the Good Neighbors Committee. And we're here to do a mini podcast regarding language and the LGBTQ community. So, Sasha, I'd like to start with just the acronym itself. Why is it important to acknowledge the acronym and what are the different ways that the acronym is set? All right. So I believe the full version of the acronym is LGBTTQIAA2S. That is a very long acronym. And the reason it is so long is because as our understanding of sexuality, gender, and kind of everything associated with that very large umbrella expands, we realize that we need more letters to represent those experiences than we have. So for those who may not know, LGBTQIA2S plus stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, asexual, and two-spirited, with the plus referencing all identities that are not overtly spoken there and that exist. Um, And also just because the community's understanding of itself is growing and the plus is there to acknowledge that. What's the difference between transgender and intersex? So intersex is someone who is, who has sexual organs that may be considered both male and female or may have elements of that. So for instance, you might have someone who on the outside looks like they have female parts, but inside they have testes instead of ovaries. I have a friend who is intersex and they did not find out that they were intersex until they were an adult, like in their their late 20s. And they were quite upset that that information had been withheld from them because they had been given corrective, quote unquote, gender assignment surgery when they were first born um, and then weren't told. And so transgender is when someone has decided to transition their gender. Um, And I say decided only because people are often raised given a specific gender and then have to make a transition to present as a different gender. Um, What about two-spirit? Let's talk about that. Two-spirit. Okay, so two-spirit is a term that comes from uh, specific Indigenous cultures that has now been adopted more broadly to refer to specific Indigenous genders that may not exist in non-Indigenous cultures. Or it can be sometimes used by an Indigenous person who identifies as a member of the LGBTQ plus community, but finds that the term two-spirit fits them better than, say, lesbian or bisexual or transgender. Historically, 
two spirit pe- people um, in the societies from which that term originates held a specific position within society or their gender influenced their position that they held within their society. And was often quite a respected position. Yes, yes it was. Is it ever okay for a non-Indigenous person to use the word two-spirited? So I am not an Indigenous person myself. I am white. So keeping in mind that I am not the authority on this. However, I would say that it is, you know, probably 99% of the time inappropriate for a non-Indigenous person to use the term two-spirit as their identity label because it is a term that comes from and is specific to the Indigenous experience. Tell me about the the Q in the LGBTQ2S+. So the Q stands for queer um, and is also sometimes said to stand for questioning. Generally, it's understood to represent the term queer. So queer has a bit of a muddled history, at least as far as I understand it. History says that queer is a term that the rainbow community made for itself or adopted for itself. And then that language, seeing that it was being used, was adopted in a derogatory way by the greater society. And it became a slur that has now been reclaimed by the rainbow community. So. It's a very nice word because it's broad. So queer just refers to pretty much anybody who doesn't feel like they fit within the sort of traditional views of gender, sexuality, etc. For instance, some people who are in a relationship with someone who is bisexual or, or pansexual may identify as queer even though they otherwise identify as cisgender and straight because they feel that their lived experience isn't quite that. However, because of its history as a slur or being used as a slur, some members of the LGBTQ plus community do still feel bothered by its use. Even for those within the community, hearing people outside of the community use it can provoke a bit of a defensive or feel bad response, even if it's used in, in an appropriate, appropriate kind way. Mm-hmm. So it's important when using the word queer that you are just aware of to whom you're speaking and to make sure that they're comfortable with that terminology as well. So talking about being comfortable and being uncomfortable, I'm just thinking, what is it a good way for a person who wants to be respectful, but isn't sure? Um, what could they do to be able to be respectfully say, um, what would you like to be called? Like, I mean, how do we do that in a really gentle, very respectful way? Just like that. Okay. What would you like to be called? What are your pronouns? If you're going to say, oh, do you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Yeah, just say, do you have a partner? Because then it puts the ball in the other person's court so they can say, oh, yeah, I'm a girl and I have a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, oh, yeah, my partner, they're non-binary. They use they, them pronouns or uh, zzer pronouns. So it's always okay to ask how they would like to be referred to, but please don't ask a transgendered person where they are in their stage or... As you wouldn't ask a breast cancer survivor, uh, have you had surgery? We're not going to ask transgender folks or folks who may have um, 
different surgeries or augmentations to their physical self, we're not going to ask them about that. No, no, you definitely, yeah, don't, don't ask someone if they're on hormone therapy or if they've had surgery or anything like that. That's private. And if they wish to disclose that to you, they will. So let's talk a little bit about the importance of using this language and why is it really important to as Vanderhoof stretches to become more inclusive why it's really important for us to stretch and use the inclusive language when i think of inclusive the image that i get in my head is a circle of people and someone turning and breaking the circle to hold out their arm and welcome into that circle someone else it's including them and why is it important to create those safe inclusive spaces it's, it, this is dramatic, but it can be a matter of life and death. If you have never worried about being physically harmed because of your gender, how you present your gender, or who you love, or if you have never worried about your family members um, facing abuse and discrimination because of how you present your gender or who you love or how you choose to love somebody that is a privilege because most members of the rainbow community have faced that discrimination or felt that discrimination at some point in their lives and then there's also the emotional and mental side of it Members of the LGBTQ community have sometimes dramatically worse mental health outcomes than non-rainbow community members. Um, If you are transgender, you are much more likely to face physical violence than people who are cisgender. And so using inclusive language is a way to say, I see you, I recognize you, and I welcome you. If someone says, my pronouns are they, them, and do you continue to call them he, that is saying to that person that you do not respect them, you do not see them as valid or valuable, that they are not important. And that hurts when it comes from one person, and it hurts even more when it comes from multiple people. And Vanderhoof is currently at a place where that hurt is not uncommon to come across. And as we want to grow and become a community that is safe, because as we know, you know what, um, Vanderhoof needs lots of folks, whether Mm -hmm. they're nurses or teachers or social workers or people that work in McDonald's or people that work in the bush or people that work in the farms. As we grow, uh, it is the best thing that we can do to create safety. Mm -hmm. And using the language, what I hear from you, creates that safety because you acknowledge the authenticity of the person sitting across from you. Yeah, you acknowledge their their humanity. Mm -hmm. It's acknowledging their humanity. I want to thank you for your time today. We've learned a little bit about what all of those letters stand for and the importance of using the correct language and the correct pronouns. Mm -hmm. That it's okay to ask about pronouns and names. But let's be respectful 
to the, all of our folks in our community as we learn and stretch and grow it's okay let's ask and let's make safety a priority whether it's mental health or physical safety yes let's make that a priority for all of our citizens yes absolutely thank you if you or someone you know in Vanderhoof is wondering where to start learning about pride the lgbtq plus community or the queer spectrum we highly suggest checking out Vanderhoof's own Pride Library, located in the Vanderhoof Library or at the vanderhooflibrary.com for online learning resources. Thank you for listening and learning with us. The Good Neighbors Committee came into being more than 20 years ago in response to a desire to address racism and encourage the celebration of diversity in the community of Vanderhoof. Funding to support the work of the volunteers on the Good Neighbours Committee has come from federal programs such as Canadian Heritage, provincial programs such as Welcome BC, Organizing Against Racism and Hate, and Resilience BC, and regional grants from Northern Health and the Regional District of Balkanichaco. The Good Neighbours Committee is made up of a dedicated group of volunteers, each bringing their own experiences, backgrounds, and talents to the group. We have done community education projects using theatre, visual arts, dance, cooking, newspaper articles, community surveys, playwriting, cookbooks, and more. We invite you to join us on our current project, Podcasts with a Purpose. We will share a 30-minute podcast interview with a local person sharing their experiences of what it's like to live in Vanderhoof. We will follow that interview podcast with a shorter action podcast to offer listeners tools and tips for addressing racism and celebrating diversity. We hope you will join us.